0: Welcome to Managed Care Cast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Christina Matina, Senior Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. On this episode of Managed Care Cast, we're talking with two co-authors of an original research article published in our April 2021 issue. The article, Ambulatory Care Fragmentation and Hospitalization Among Veterans with Diabetes, examines the association between the system of one's usual care provider and their level of care fragmentation with their odds of being hospitalized. The authors joining us today are Dr. Lisa M. Kern, Associate Professor of Medicine and of Population Health Sciences at Weill Cornell Medicine, and Dr. Drew Helmer, Deputy Director of the Center for Innovations in Quality, Effectiveness, and Safety at Michael E. DeBakey VA Medical Center in Houston, as well as senior faculty at Baylor College of Medicine. Can you tell us about the objective of your current study and why you decided to investigate this topic?
1: So, I'll I'll go ahead and start, and then I think Lisa's going to pick it up a little bit. Um, You know, there's been a lot of work and a lot of interest in in the VA around what we call dual system use. This is the idea that we have a population enrolled in our system uh, of the Veterans Health Administration, and that they can either stay and get all of their care in this integrated system, or they can get some of the care inside the system and some of the care in the private sector. Um, and this has become, you know, even more uh, interesting and uh, active of an issue more recently with some legislation that, that's occurred in the last five years or so. But the the main question is, is it better to stay in the system, or is it better to get care inside the system and outside the system, maybe improving access to care? maybe improving access to different types of services or a higher quality of service. Um, and so it's really an empiric question that people have explored uh, in various ways in various populations. We were looking at veterans with diabetes because it's a chronic condition and it can often be complex and require multiple providers. And so we wanted to explore that further with this group.
2: Right. So previous studies on dual system use have considered whether veterans used the Veterans Health Administration services, yes or no, and uh, whether they use non-VHA services, yes or no. Our study went a step further. We actually measured two dimensions of care. First, we measured whether a veteran's usual provider of care, that is the provider who was seen most often was inside or outside the VHA. And then second, we also measured how spread out the veterans' care was across their providers, regardless of which health system those providers were in. And so this approach measuring two different dimensions of fragmentation of care is
0: novel. What were your main findings and were there any that surprised you? So we found that having a usual provider of ambulatory
2: care outside of the VA among this national group of patients with diabetes was associated with an 11% increased odds of hospitalization. This was actually a a national population of patients with diabetes who uh, were veterans. And if they had a usual provider of care, as I said, outside the VHA, they had a higher risk of hospitalization, that was the first finding. The second finding was that if they had care spread out across many different providers, regardless of the health system affiliation, that was also increased associated with an increase in the odds of hospitalization, this time a 7% increase. And we found that those findings were independent of each other, but also at least additive. So. The veterans who had the greatest odds of hospitalization were those who had both a usual provider of care outside the VHA and highly fragmented care spread across many different providers. So for veterans with diabetes in that group, if they had, uh, to reiterate, both a usual provider of care outside the VA and highly fragmented care, that is care spread across many providers, they had a 19% increased odds. Of hospitalization compared to the reference group, and I think that last part about how these two uh, different dimensions of fragmentation sort of amplified each other was very interesting to us and had not been shown before.
0: What do these findings tell us about this interaction between a patient's usual care provider and their extent of fragmentation?
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll take a crack at this. I think, like Lisa said, the there's at least an additive effect, right? So one plus one equals at least two, and it may equal more than two in this situation. Uh, and and I think, you know, the VA has been compared, VA healthcare quality has been compared to private sector care quality, um, you know, in many different studies, kind of looking at different populations and in different conditions. Routinely, those those studies indicate that the the quality of care is at least comparable in the VA to the private sector, and in some cases even better. And I think what 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 we suggest, what our findings suggest, is that there's something about the VA, and what makes the VA different. Well, it's this integrated system, right? And the VA was a leader in electronic medical records, and and really maybe the the Best application or the most uh, complete application of electronic medical records for many, many years. Um, And I think the system that is in in existence, the Veterans Health Administration, uh, suggests, our findings suggest that that combination of a VHA, usual provider of care, um, and staying within the system probably are having fewer. You know providers involved in your care probably is, is that secret ingredient that that reduces the risk of hospitalizations in the case of our analysis and potentially might also be associated with decreased risk of other complications you know I, I think it is important to note that you know diabetes the, the veterans we looked at all had diabetes um, it is a chronic condition it can be complex to man- manage it can require multiple providers and so We're not necessarily saying uh, that you can decrease the number of providers involved in in care. This is a retrospective study. Um, We weren't intervening in changing the number of providers involved. Um, And and you may not be able to change the the number of providers involved. But there is something about the integrated care and this coordination that, that maybe happens, that we think happens within the VA system. Perhaps because of the electronic medical record that reduces that risk of the fragmentation that is required in the care of people with diabetes.
2: And I would add that just to clarify, I think one of the challenges when veterans go outside the VHA is that doctors outside the VHA do not necessarily have access to the VHA electronic health record. And so the the premise of the study is that when patients seek care outside, there may be more challenges with communication among providers who are taking care of the same patient.
1: And one of the things that that Lisa pointed out while we were working on this uh, analysis is that in many circumstances, the private sector is not a system of care, right? It is a collection of d- discrete providers or discrete practices. They may not share medical electronic medical records. They may have their own challenges of communicating. And so it's not not one system necessarily versus another system. It's, it's a system versus an integrated system versus a lack of a system, right? And so I think that's, that's another um, interesting point that, that our, our findings kind of point to.
0: So we know that there are legislative actions to allow veterans to more easily seek care outside of the VHA. How could those affect the outcomes seen in this study?
1: Right. Well, we certainly discussed those in, 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 the, in the paper. Um, the, the period that we looked at actually preceded the Choice Act and the Mission Act. Those were in 2014 and 2018, respectively. Um, and we, we, we discussed the, the importance of our findings with regard to those two legislative actions, um, because they both enhanced veteran access to private sector care importantly paid for by the VA so theoretically part of the VA integrated system but being provided outside so I think the the challenge with that enhancement uh, of private sector access is around the communication and the coordination um, and the Choice Act is kind of that first uh, attempt by Congress to push the VA toward you know greater uh, private sector, engagement the mission act in 2018 kind of solidified that uh, that strategic direction and also added a few additional um, requirements or recommendations processes to uh, facilitate coordination and communication and even since then there have been some additional tweaks um, not quite as large in scope but uh, to really promote further timeliness of payment and sharing of health information between the VHA and private sector providers under the auspices of, of the VHA care system. So, so I think, you know, the jury is still out on how the VHA has done with that. It's an, a, it's an area of active uh, research right now uh, funded, you know, internally by the VA, and uh, we're going to have to see what, what has come out of this.
0: An editorial that accompanies this article in the April issue points out the need to enhance care continuity in the context of COVID-19. How do you think the COVID-19 pandemic has affected care fragmentation, either in terms of worsening it or creating new opportunities to address it?
1: Well, I think the, the biggest the biggest difference that, that I think we've seen in the healthcare delivery is around virtual care, telehealth. Or or video video telehealth. Uh, Certainly, the VA, although it was a leader in telehealth services even before the pandemic, saw a a really rapid increase in in the use of telehealth and and video uh, telehealth services. As mentioned in the editorial, you know, I think that that has been shown to improve access to care, and certainly in the context of uh, healthcare providers shutting their doors and limiting physical access. I think the telehealth certainly maintained a degree of access to care, both in the VHA and in the private sector, for sure. You know, thinking about how does that affect fragmentation? um, I think it provides some, some opportunities for patients to uh, in the case of the VA, to continue to choose VA, right? Because the enhanced telehealth services and the enhancement of additional video telehealth services really maintains that access or you know, creates an access, better access for people who maybe chose to go outside of the VA because access was a problem. It was too far to drive to the VA. Well, now you don't have to drive. Um, and so it may, it may reduce fragmentation, or you know, perhaps um, telehealth won't be enough for some people, and they'll still want to maintain in-person uh, encounters with providers, and they may choose to, if the VA is offering telehealth, they may say, well, I don't want that. I want to stay uh, with an in-person provider and somebody closer to home. So once again, I guess I would say, we don't really know what the long-term impact is going to be Um, but i think theoretically it, it could either decrease or perhaps you know leave the fragmentation issue or about the same
2: no i i thought that the editorial was a very thoughtful description of this real transformational point we're in right now where COVID has changed dramatically how patients receive care and i think that that does at a certain level, create opportunities to rethink how care should be delivered. Um, And I think that editorial made that point. I think that, you know, as Dr. Helmer said, we don't know exactly whether virtual visits make it easier to see your own doctor or make it easier to see new doctors who are less familiar with your background and your medical conditions. Um, So I think that it is going to be essential to study this going forward to make sure we understand how telehealth influences fragmentation, but also be thoughtful with the new opportunities we have to rethink how care should be delivered now that we have more of a capability to do both in-person and telehealth visits.
0: What are some other research questions around care fragmentation that you'd like to see investigated? I think we need to do more work to understand how we can
2: intervene to prevent potentially harmful effects of fragmentation. Um, We've done separate research showing that there are many different causes of fragmentation patient level causes, provider level causes, practice level causes, health system level causes, even larger environmental level causes, meaning like health, the healthcare sector as a section of the economy and all of the market forces there and we've identified in other research causes of fragmentation at each of those levels and i think that that creates um, a real challenge because i think it's unlikely that we're going to make fragmentation go away entirely But rather what we can do is figure out how to understand when it happens and how to intervene so that we can avoid potential negative consequences. So for example, if a veteran wanted to seek care both inside and outside the VA, and I know the VA is working on this, how do we optimize the system so that communication is streamlined between the providers caring for the same patient? And this is true not just for the VA, but within the private sector. How do providers in general communicate with each other? How do patients interact with providers um, to help everybody understand what's going on so that we can avoid preventable adverse outcomes. And I think what our study shows is that at least, you know, we can't comment directly on how appropriate the hospitalizations we observed were, but it seems that at least some of them may be excess hospitalizations that might have been prevented with better communication. That's at least the theory. So I think we need to do more work to figure out how we can prevent avoidable hospitalizations in the context of what may be sometimes necessary fragmentation of care
1: yeah I agree and and the only the only thing I would add is I, I do think the the question of the impact of telehealth on fragmentation is a very very important question right now as, as noted in the commentary as well you know not everybody prefers telehealth or, or a video telehealth experience some people actually, really value the in-person connection, or there may be other access issues that prevent preclude the use of telehealth um, modalities. Um, and so I think, you know, in order to really understand the holistic impact on the patient experience and these outcomes, these complications, I, I think it is really important to to be sure to look specifically at at telehealth as we move forward, and its impact on fragmentation.
0: For more about this issue, visit ajmc.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at ajmc.com, or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.